in the far future of 2018, we have Rollerball. It's actually 2005. Uh, no, no, no. no. Oh. T- 2018. James Caan? No, it's... <laughs> um... So first of all, thanks to Matt White, uh, who suggested Rollerball initially. <laughs> uh, well, regardless, Rollerball was a, was a cool choice because it is a movie set in the future and everything that we had never uh, thought of. Yeah, it, it, it kind of took us a surprise that we didn't think of it. Well, I, I think that helps because we, we seem to have watched two different Rollerballs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, unfortunately. I mean, you watched the, the super cool one with uh, no, LL Cool J. It wasn't very cool. Uh, so I watched the 2002 Rollerball, and we didn't discuss that there was an original or a remake. Uh, so it's all good. Yeah, man. James Conn. No, see, okay. Um, let me let me tell you a little bit about my, my, my Rollerball first. Sure. My, hashtag my Rollerball. <laughs> hashtag not my yeah. Rollerball. <laughs> yeah, tweet hashtag not my Rollerball to at Gas Station TV if you have any complaints. Um, so it was directed by John McTiernan. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because he did a bunch of great movies. I'm going to name some for you, Dev. You ready? Yes, please read them to me. <laughs> Predator. <gasps> Die Hard. Oh. Die Hard 2. And you know this movie's got to be good. No, absolutely not. Get out of the car! They're going to kill you! Grab hold! Point is, is he's got a a lot of action movies, right? Right. He does it. No social commentary, slow slow burn thrillers. (laughs) 1975's uh, Rollerball is all about social commentary. Yeah, this one's not. It's so bad. (laughs) Before we do brief plot summaries, so John McTiernan made a shit film. It's really bad. Uh, it stars, uh, what's his name? It stars a guy who looks like Keanu Reeves, but is not somehow less charismatic than Keanu Reeves. <laughs> which is, which is a, Oh, you mean Chris Klein. Chris Klein, thank you. Uh, the bad guy is Jean Renault, who's, you probably best know him as... Uh, Wasn't he the, the assassin? Leon, the professional, yeah. which is a great movie. Wonderful. Um, and uh, it's also got a woman who I thought was Natalie Portman, uh, not from... The professional, but it's not, and it's Dutch. Are you sure she just didn't reprise her role? No, I mean whatever. It's also got, <laughs> it's also got LL Cool J uh, in a, in a, uh, as the best friend, and the guy who played Saeed from Lost as the Arab bad guy. It's a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, so there's not a lot to say about it, like in terms of background, except this tidbit. It was so bad it ended with uh, John McTiernan, the director, in jail. Whoa, wait, for what reason? (laughs) Okay, check this out. So it was a bad movie, right? And he had endless disputes with the studio about it. He wanted it to be an action movie. They said, no, 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 it should be a dystopian thriller. He was like, no, man. Americans want to see a bunch of dudes playing rollerball. Doesn't matter that we make up the rules as we go along. Americans just want to see dudes wearing like 40K Dark Eldar outfits with a bunch of spikes and a bunch of hockey pads bumping and grinding. (laughs) And that's what they want. And he wasted a lot of money. And um, was so sure that people were trying to disrupt his his oh. vision for the movie that he uh, ordered PIs to bug and wiretap uh, the producers. Oh my god! Yeah, that's no, crazy. it is pretty crazy. And like, uh, is there he was still some, in jail. Uh, I think he got out in twenty two thousand nine. I want to say. Okay. Okay. But either way, um, he he did go to jail for it for quite some time. There was some other stuff too, in addition to the wiretapping. Like I I, I think he was like intimidating them, etc. But. Uh, right. Yeah, it was it was it was a bad movie. Destroyed 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 multiple men. 
<laughs> Tell, so yours was probably better. Uh, yeah, from the from the sound of it, mine, <laughs> mine already had an all star cast, in my opinion. Well, I've actually seen cast is John Con and or James. Well, James Con's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, but like everyone else is kind of known, but not like okay. super known. I, I've actually seen the original, but I only saw parts of it, and it was a. About a year ago, so so tell tell me about your the background for yours. Yours is set in uh, mine is set in 2018, but it came out in 1975. All right, uh, so the director is Norman uh, It's Jew I Sun. Am I a racist now? <laughs> is it actually spelled that? Yes, J E W I S O N. So Norm. <laughs> yes, Norm. Good old Norm. Um, what else has he done? I think he's best known for Jesus Christ Superstar, which he actually did two years before uh, Rollerball. That's pretty cool. That's I mean, a that's good a pretty choice. Intense, uh, like change, actually, because Jesus Christ Superstar, obviously, about our Lord and Savior. <laughs> Isn't that a campy comedy? Yes, it's actually very campy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's still kind of serious, but not really. Yeah. Um, but then he goes directly to dystopian future and action wall. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the lead man is James Caan. Probably his biggest role is Sonny out of The Godfather. Yeah, that is a pretty big role. I mean, it, it's it's a big one, yeah. Um, and then we also have a few other minor people. We have John Beck, who's like my personal hero from Walker, Texas Ranger. I don't uh, remember his okay. character. I just remember remember him being another hick in okay, Walker, that's Texas good. Ranger. That's good. Do we have uh do we have any huge faced men? Any Robert Zadars? No, 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 no. Honestly, like we don't have like a main antagonist other than the corporate structure itself. I don't remember there being like a clear bad guy, and Robert Zadar would be the bad guy, <laughs> right? But he's he's not in it, unfortunately. <laughs> um, the bad guy was John Houseman's character. He played uh, Bartholomew, I think was the he was act- the evil corporate guy, right? Yes, he was like trying to persuade uh, Jonathan E uh, to actually leave the game. That's right. And the uh, the idea of it, at least in the movie is that like you know this game was made to make it so people couldn't be individualistic and they couldn't do it they needed a team they they needed to exert their efforts like one big team building exercise yeah kind of but a very violent like release hmm yeah and uh, Jonathan E was just becoming too good at the game mine has none of that Are you sure? I'm sure, actually. I don't know. LL Cool J, man. That sounds pretty interesting. Was there anything else of note in, like, the development? Like, did anybody get fired or, like, get attacked? Or was there, like, a PI stalking the producers? No, I wish there was something cool like that. But <laughs> honestly, I didn't see anything out of the uniform. That's okay. We should do a plot summary. And it starts with an episode of Rocket Power. With <laughs> like like the rocket power. Uh, well, it starts off with uh, Chris Klein's dude. I think his name is like Robert or Bobby. I don't care. Chris Klein's guy is doing some street luge in a city that might be San Francisco, but who cares and who knows? It'd be Hawaii if it's rocket power. I don't know anything about rocket power. <laughs> there is street luge. What I do know is that Chris Klein is doing a downhill stunt, and there's somebody with taping it, and he ramps off a bunch of stuff, and it's very poorly shot, and you can't see shit. Uh, and eventually, he the cops are on him from his from his illegal luge activity. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, by the way, it appears at the start of the movie that they do have a permit, as they have like a full camera crew that appears to be watching them. At which, however, I guess they were just too extreme, and the cops decide to take him in. Oh my god! Uh, he gets saved by LL Cool J, who recruits him to join the Rollerball League. Quote in the East because that's the same thing as a luge. <laughs> 
Yeah, actually, come to think of it, riding, riding on a skateboard down a bunch of hills is really nothing at all like rollerball. Nope. Uh, Which one fact, do you want to be, the motorcycle or the rollerblader? In fact, he wasn't even, like, throwing balls or anything during the luge scene. There's just no evidence at all that he's going to be good at rollerball. Hmm. Okay. Well. Oh, wow, you know how to use wheels. Yeah, nice. Uh, he goes to... I think it's somewhere in, like, Russia. It's in Eastern Europe, and he meets his team. Uh, they're the Red Horsemen, and... Uh, they're Who gonna, are they fighting? The Golden Horde. Oh, so A much Warhammer. cooler name. Yeah, very, 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 very 40K. <laughs> or just Fantasy Warhammer, I guess. Either way, uh, the costumes are super cool. Uh, and I'm gets in the ring. Uh, he gets popular. He realizes that violence is what's popular about the sport, Big surprise. <laughs> Somehow to him, it's like new. The tape will go up as soon as they got a little blood on the track. The world's most dangerous game. Have you thought about the gun? People disappear all the time. Will become deadly. Uh, because uh, Jean Renault's character, the bad guy, um, the corporate sponsor, has a big display that just shows like how many millions of people are watching in gigantic green letters <laughs> at all times. <laughs> yeah. And whenever someone gets hurt, it just goes up. So he just slowly starts making more violence. It just strikes me as odd that like you know rollerball was clearly an illegal sport to begin with because he had to flee the country to play it. <laughs> but then they're like, once he gets there, it's like, no, we play we play rollerball by the rule book here. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, all of a sudden, he's like, wait a minute, if rollerball is violent, perhaps more viewers. Like, like everyone, it's a new discovery that hurting people will... Oh, it's so bad. Which is, it's actually funny, because in the 1975 version, it's actually the opposite, almost. Like, they like in the beginning of the movie, they're like, yeah, more violence. And then the second match, which I'll go into detail more in a, in a summary, it gets more violent. Oh, that's so cool. And then the third match, it gets incredibly more, like half the team, yeah. actually all of the team dies. That's more ratings. And everyone goes like, quiet at the end. Oh, it's the just, exact opposite. Yeah, because they're like, oh no, look at all these dead people. <laughs> so like, yeah. so in uh, as far as I can tell, most of the world, uh, most of the Eastern Hemisphere has collapsed. As you see like endless images of like destroyed cities uh, and like these massive slum slum complexes in Russia and Kazakhstan, this is never commented upon or explained. <laughs> Uh, Did they think that Russia was going to fall even more from grace? I I don't know. I, there seems to be some sort of energy issue, probably related to the big metal-eating plague uh, that affected America, <laughs> <laughs> leaving leaving only luge the remaining sport. Uh, the, to finish, he gets in like he gets in an increasingly intense series of matches, uh, leading with one where his the, the woman he thinks is kind of hot, Aurora, who's like a Dutch, she's a Dutch biker, mm -hmm. uh, and rollerball, in this version, the rules are never explained. Mm -hmm. uh, I have no idea how to play rollerball. <laughs> but what appears to happen is that there are people who ride motorcycles, and there's a metal ball that you throw into a, into a disc. Oh. Uh, and yeah. uh, there are two different types. There are people on roller skates. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, roller blades. And uh, when the woman he loves gets injured, uh, he decides that they're all going to flee. Uh, this plan fails. Uh, LL Cool J, who has had so little presence in this movie, it doesn't matter, uh, gets killed in a 10-minute long scene that is shot on night vision. Or probably shot day for day, but has a night vision filter applied. Uh, Why am I going to knock you out? Uh, I wish, I wish. No, and instead they, they just have a long bike scene. So um, they get forced into one final match where uh, Aurora's on the Golden Horde, and uh, uh, we're going to say, what's his name, Alex Cross? 
No, that's it's it's Jonathan. Crockett. Jonathan, who cares? <laughs> the main character uh, has to has to fight for his own survival. As in the last the last match, no joke. They just say there are no rules. Oh well, at least they reference the the old movie. There, there's an inexplicable scene where uh, he kills the CEO by running by. By basically not nothing special. I, if I recall, he just beats the shit out of him with a bat. Oh, by chasing him to his uh, to his office, and this happens off screen. No one knows about it except the corrupt assistant, the guy who played Saeed and Lost, who's like, <laughs> "I had the keys. Uh, the old boss couldn't uh, couldn't find his shotgun collection to kill you, but anyway, I have a gun, and uh, well, now you work for me." And then he grabs a shotgun off the wall, blasts Saeed in the face, and all of a sudden, people across the world go into riots, destroy the rollerball rink, and the movie cuts off as they skate out of the rink. You describing that to me makes me think it is a shit movie. Well, that's really... Let, let, let's hear about yours. Okay, so first off, so uh, basically it starts off with uh, like the first match, and it's Jonathan E., who is James Caan, his team Houston. Uh, they don't actually have team names. They are just whatever city they're So from. it's not like uh, the XFL uh, bit in the sixth day, or it was like the, no. the Houston charge. <laughs> no, it's not like the Oilers or anything oh, like shit. that. Yeah, it's just... We're Houston. The Los Angeles Extremers. No, no, no. <laughs> Shame. That would be great, actually. But uh, they're fighting against Madrid, which already Spain? establishes... Yes, Spain. Okay. Which is already establishes like this worldwide connection, which is very interesting. Um, so basically, they romp Madrid because they're the best, like second best, best team there right. is. Because Jonathan E is just a legend. Okay. Bartholomew is this old chap. He is basically the bad guy in the series. Uh, because he's trying to get Jonathan E. to not follow his dreams. Yeah. Uh, out of curiosity, why does he want him to retire? Um, so, this is kind of like the weird like e- existential thing about the, uh, the series, is where Jonathan E. is so good at the sport. The sport's supposed to be a team thing. It's supposed to be a team activity, and oh. Jonathan E. is like this single individual who's like better than everyone. And okay. they don't like that he's so good at the sport, because that makes it seem like the world doesn't need to work together, that people can be independent. You know how the game serves us. It has a definite social purpose. Nations are bankrupt, gone, no poverty, no sickness. Man has accomplished what he'd always craved. Interesting. And the idea is because, like, the it, it's a business structure. So everyone works in a business as equals or, like, right. the executives are above. And it's kind of like he's a, almost ascending the ca- caste system because, like, he has the the fame and the glory from Rollerball that he could become more powerful than the executives. Right. He's more famous than them. Yeah, exactly. Because nobody really knows exactly who the executives are. They just run the show. Interesting. And by the show, I mean the world. Right. Yeah, so Bartholomew basically wants him to retire and gives him this nice lavish package. Um, Jonathan E. goes, hey, no, I don't want to do that because, you know, I'm in the prime time of my life right mm-hmm. now and I want to continue. And Bartholomew basically, like, warns him and goes, well, uh, it's not going to go w- well for you in Japan. And he goes, uh, okay, I don't I don't know what that Did they means. actually go to Japan? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're fighting Tokyo next. Oh, badass. Yeah, it's actually really cool. Now, this would be a great time for them to have a sweet name, like the Tokyo Black Samurai, or maybe the Kamikazes. It was made in the 70s, so it would be okay. Yeah, you're right. But, uh, nope, it's just Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, uh, Jonathan E. starts to question, like, hey, you know, 
like why do we follow the executives why 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 are they so in it, like powerful and in charge mm-hmm. and he goes to his good old pal moon pie uh <laughs> to ask these questions well, moon pie doesn't have answers it, you know his name is moon pie <laughs> i wouldn't think he would john, john, I, I, is moon pie played by robert zadar no it should be though uh, he would, he'd be he the would, biggest face on the team we, <laughs> <laughs> he could be goalie <laughs> well he'd be every position at that point no. so first they go to a library they go to a library to be like hey we want to check out resources and she goes sorry we don't have any books anymore those are all in geneva or like dc or something like that yeah and they go like well this is weird what like what are you here to do he's like well i'm a librarian so i don't really do anything but like manage the library and they're like wow you're useless to us he starts questioning like why information is so like restricted Hmm. obviously is a theme with like hey you don't want peasants to rise to power and then they find out there are no rules now when i now now do you mean like my thing where they never explain the rules and then the last the last bout there are just no (laughs) rules at all well yes and no because in this game they never explain the rules in the in the in the madrid game that like things just happen and they're like oh you get a foul and i go (laughs) that guy just got beat to death like and they're like that's a foul like like Offsides. Like, offsides. Like, that guy is bleeding on the ground right How now. How they offsides? It's a sphere. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Um, but, uh, no, yeah, they say no rules. And I misinterpreted this at first. I thought, like, what they meant by no rules, it was, like, they couldn't break any rules or they were ejected mm. from the game. And then... then it's. I slowly came to the realization that in the middle of the game, it's when they said no rules, they meant no rules, no penalties. So no penalties, <laughs> no fouls, nothing. So basically, it just like deteriorates. Like at first, they're playing the game like any other game, but then they start to realize, hey, wait, I can punch this guy and not get fouled out. So they start like beating on each other. They try to do like the weird cultural thing they do in every movie, where like Japan is very respectful because bunch like, of Japanese businessmen, right? Yeah, oh yeah, they're all over, just ties on heads, yep. drinking sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, but like they bowed to them at one point, which mm. was, I felt was kind of weird because the Texans just laughed it off and kept making racist comments about how short they were. Nice, <clears throat> nice. We'll just we'll move past. I love that. the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, they start punching people and, like, scrapes and scars start showing up. And you're like, I don't know if that's how punches work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but at one point, Moon Pie strays away. So they, like, triple team him. Does one of them say Banzai? Oh, I wish. That would have been... <laughs> uh, no, but Jonathan, he, for some odd reason, got, like, like a scar... Or, like, a cut on his wrist. So he, like, went out to get it healed before he went uh, back. So he couldn't save Moon Pie. So he was looking at Moon Pie, and they straight up, like, made it an execution scene where Jesus. they, like, slow-moed it down. Like, Moon Pie <laughs> was just staring at him. And this guy who has, like, I guess brass knuckles, but, like, studs on them as well. So, so that's just a weapon in the ring. It's a straight weapon. Like, you didn't have, like, a wakazashi? Nope. Nope. He didn't have, like, a sword or anything. Maybe some katar, some punching... Di- okay, whatever. Anyway, no. Nope. So they... I mean, there's motorcycles, but... Oh, that's true. So they get Moon Pie. <laughs> Moon... Yeah, right in the back of the neck. Ooh. Yeah, he goes unconscious, and they bring him in. Uh, Johnny's not too happy about it. Um, Moon Pie doesn't look good, so Johnny E just starts wrecking people. Huh. He's, he actually, like, straight up... Gets the same guy that took out Moon Pie and does the same exact thing to him. So this is the sort of the progressing violence. Exactly. They're trying to show that, oh, this is a meathead sport. You know, this is all about violence. Interesting. Johnny E knows that, like, yeah, you're right. But you know what? You can also rise above it. Okay. So he starts doing it more. And eventually they actually win against Japan. Okay. It's a, it's a close match because Japan was 
better than them in some ways, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. They were trying to illustrate it, you know, like a typical story would right, be. Right, right, uh, Where, like, the second team was harder than the Underdogs, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Johnny E's pissed. He ends up going to Geneva. Okay. And trying to get, like, resources. I did see this scene. Yeah, this is this the scene is... with Zero, right? The big supercomputer? Oh, it's so strange to me. Is this the one with, like, the liquid computing? Yes. I it's, it's made out of, like, liquid. And the guy, like, <laughs> is very strange. Like, yeah. he keeps talking about Zero like it's a person. And, like, how, how Zero's like, ah, oh, Zero forgot the 13th century. <laughs> yeah, and you're, you're just like, that's kind of weird, but yeah. okay. Jonathan E. basically asks a few questions about the executives, and Zero just, like Siri, refuses to reply with an answer. Mm. He goes back home to prepare for his last game. Uh, I believe it was against New York. Let's call him the New York Charge. No, it's just New York. Maybe the Bandits. Um, just NY. Yeah, so New York uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, is, a, is the toughest team. This is the final, final game. Mm-hmm. But right before the game, of course, they send him his wife. And I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but Johnny E. had a wife. Or oh, took yeah, her away. yeah, the right of, like, Prima Nocta or whatever, where, like, an executive requested a transfer to Exactly. Him. So Johnny E., being a peon in some instance, basically didn't have the power to overthrow this executive decision yeah. and had to relinquish his wife legally to another person. Right. Um, and he didn't like that. And there's been basic women in in this series the whole time and they've been cycling through and he's never happy with them because he loved his wife interesting yeah and it was it was interesting that they like tried to send her in a way to like dissuade him oh to get him to quit yeah and it didn't work at all like it was a (laughs) terrible play because he plays the the climactic match in the last scene of the movie i'm assuming yeah he goes off he's like oh i love you but you know what i gotta do this because you're like married to an executive so i have to tear down the system gotcha and he goes out to the final battle it's an all-out gladiatorial match nice like it's everyone is dying like left and right, like all his teammates that like he he made it seem like oh I'm all chummy with he's just yeah. letting them die. What the fuck? Are yeah. you serious? Well, I mean he I'm sure if he could have saved them he would have. But like so did the New York guys have like a like a Glock 18? No, no they had motorcycles. Oh, it's still I mean, they're still motorcycles. <laughs> Look, man, it was brute strength out there. Yeah. It's like any other like like football movie where it's just like people charging at each other and the crowds into it i'm assuming oh yeah they're they're absolutely into it but then you can start to see that they like change a little bit they're like oh this is kind of too much but at the same time they start cheering more about johnny because they see that he's just like an absolute unit absolute unit yeah interesting (laughs) so they're like into the violence up to a point yeah so it probably ends with him like waist deep in rivers of blood like holding holding the ball aloft and yelling (laughs) is are you entertained (laughs) yeah basically in the end he he like scores the final point and he's like he's finally won he looks at bartholomew and instead of like doing anything like climactic or like beating like beating him to death with a baseball bat he just silently skates that is super cool. Yeah, and I, I love James Conn in this movie because, first off, he's a gorgeous man. Like, he's, like, the everyman. <laughs> yeah. And he, like, does a really good job of being, like, a very curious person but also, like, a brawler. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. So uh, what they got wrong was a uh, worldwide conglomeration of a corporate structure. Right. Uh, um, we are citizens, not employees, currently. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. I thought. You, yeah. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah, for yeah, now. Yeah. We, for we, now. We have freedoms. Well, in most countries, we have freedoms. We're not like like an employee. Yes. Um, which is was interesting because like at first it didn't seem like that, but when you got deeper and deeper in the movie, you realize, oh wait, we actually don't have as much rights we do. Um, it so was, so they, it's a slow burn that they re, when they reveal the the scope of societal change. Yeah, because at first you think, oh, this is just like any other celebrity. Everyone just like praises the celebrity because he's ha- like he's a celebrity. But like then you realize even the celebrity is being used. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you hear, oh, oh, I lost my wife. And we're like, oh, to a death? Oh, no, to another person because he is more powerful than you? Interesting. Yes. Um, How's uh, the fashion sense? The fashion sense was very bleak. Like, they like solid colors. Um, it was also taking place in mostly Texas. So, like, he had, like, a big, big belt buckle every once in a while. Nice. And a nice, like... Like cowboy hat. Well, that's what they got right in for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. reference that later. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's neat. Um, I would say that was probably the biggest thing that they got uh, wrong. Oh, uh, technology. Yeah. What technology was completely wrong. Okay. Um, their computers, everything was like clearly things from the seventies that they were like, oh yeah, we can run these statistical algorithms to check out. Like, and you're like, no. No, those computers, they take up a whole room. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, because I was going to say, I was at Micro Center last week, and I definitely bought a bunch of gel for my uh, ENIAC 1 room-sized mega computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To I mean, run Doom, did yeah. You, did you imply it to Circuit 3 and 8? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they had, so they got the tech wrong, they got the fact that we're not living in a corporate mega state. Yeah, I mean, the world seems like it's it's under the, like, all of corporate rule. That's obviously not happening right now. What happens if you get fired? Well, I guess we, I guess we saw what happened to Moon Pie. <laughs> yeah, Moon so. Pie. Sorry. So, um, so Jeremy, yeah. what did they get right? Very little. Oh yeah. <laughs> the only thing that comes to mind A is that your time gone jump, huh? <laughs> yeah, the distant future of two thousand uh, two thousand and five. Uh, in this alternate timeline, John Kerry uh, won the 2004 election, resulting in global catastrophes uh, as the world energy market collapsed and they rely on coal again. Well, these places still rely on coal, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the only thing that comes to mind is that they, they show off some slightly more futuristic uh, real-time editing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, early on, they're not focusing on the violence, they're still focusing on the game. For some reason, again, we complained about this earlier, that they knew it was a violent sport, but they didn't make it violent. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, they use real-time editing software to remove some of the fouls and make it appear that they were accidents to and tone down the blood and gore. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and that's something that I, I suspect that... Um, I think. I, I mean, I think that's something that was probably happening around 2005. And because- we still do it today. I mean, they don't necessarily remove the blood and such, but you know, the idea of, of editing down a film or pr- broadcast in real time. Right. No, yeah, I, I think that's completely possible. Uh, and especially with, uh, you know, internet simulcasts now, it's probably more important than ever. Yeah. So um, what did yours get right? Okay, uh, there's a few things. Uh, well, one of them was the uh, this, I, <laughs> the uh, the supercomputer called Zero. Supercomputer. Yes. Um, it was kind of like an AI, like Siri combination, where okay. it like, has the world's knowledge in like a, a small container. Oh, it's used to be an assistant. Yeah, exactly. Um, at one point in the movie, they even said, oh, Zero has forgotten the 13th century, and we don't have the data anymore. How... So. 
dystopian <laughs> and awesome. Oh, yeah. It was like, how do you misplace data like that and only have it sourced in one area? Yeah, that's very running. Well, I mean, the other library doesn't have anything. That's very running, man. Very, uh, uh, Logan's Run, that's cool. Yeah, and it, it's kind of like the idea of like suppressing the knowledge to keep the people stupid. So, okay. Um, it, was, it was interesting. Um, Corporate society was an inevitable destiny for good luck, a centuries-old dream. And uh, there's, there's the violence. Like, you could tell, like, as the movie kept going, everyone enjoyed the violence. But at the end of the movie, like people actually, you know, dis- had disdain for it. And mm-hmm. that's something that you kind of see in our world where like we we like to see violence. But as soon as it gets too realistic, we like uh, like skeeve off and we're like, oh, well, I don't want to be a part of this. All right. Like we have modern day in 20. Was it 2017 or 2018? 20. I think it was 2018. Yeah. So in 2018, we have WWE. People will gladly watch. Uh, you know, Sting beat the crap out of Booker T. Yeah. Those wrestlers are probably not wrestling anymore, but I don't know any <laughs> contemporary wrestlers. But John Cena. John Cena. <laughs> but we don't want to watch uh, two men actually, uh, you know, hurt each other a right. lot of the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure people will look that like up. But boxing is okay, but, like, we don't want to see a guy literally die in the boxing ring. Right. That yeah. the, the, the people might seek it out, but it's not going to be something that we, that society accepts. Exactly. There's no blood sport. And it's actually brought up... Oh, crap. You know what? I, I totally forgot. What? <laughs> There's a laser pistol in this movie. <laughs> you mentioned the laser pistol? I, I, it's, a, it's a small artistic scene. What do you mean? Art- is it like a gallery? No. It, so this is what happens. Bartholomew is basically <laughs> telling him, like, hey, you, you're making me um, like look like uh, incompetent by always telling everyone that you're not going to retire, yeah. even though you should be retiring. And, and, like, during this time, there's an interlay scene where, like, a group of people go outside with this laser pistol because they're like, oh, it's a laser pistol. Like, okay. I only see these every once in a while. Yeah. And they basically start shooting trees they- and lighting them on fire. <laughs> it's like catastrophe. Wow. Yeah, no, it's intense. And, like, you can see, like, they're just enjoying it. They're enjoying this oh, violence. Yeah. And, you, and then right at the end, the person that shot, like, the first three trees, mm-hmm. like... Another person shoots another tree, and you start to see her, like, grab her head and just realize, like, oh, my God, the carnage that I've just done. And it's oh. like, kind of like like almost like a prediction of, like, what's going to happen in, later in the movie. So right and wrong, because um, <laughs> it's the sixth, much like the sixth day, laser pistols are pretty pretty standard issue <laughs> yeah. after 2015. Yeah. It was actually a pretty yeah. cool scene. Um, you could definitely tell in this movie they tried to pull a lot of artistic scenes. Okay. Yeah. Anything else they got right? Um... Shit, I don't remember. No, so yeah, not that much. No, I don't think. I think it was only like those two things, really. Okay, well, people don't play rollerball anymore. I mean, not since '05. Not since James Gunn, yeah. Okay. So obviously, you and I are millennials. We were born after the seventies. Yeah. Do you have any um, any data recovered from that far far flung time on that stack of liquid cooled gel packs over there? Uh, well, actually, I had to recover some floppy disks from the old days. Um, I know those were the nineties, but you know what? Um, it still held uh, still held some uh, prominent data about the seventies. Oh, good. It was converted. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, luckily, I have that. What yeah, we thanks, got? Dad. Uh, <laughs> So actually, yeah, there's a, a little bit of good historical context to, uh, 
to mention like what the thoughts were going mm-hmm. on. Um, first off, we have Nixon and his Watergate scandal. Um, you can tell that like people were untrusting of authoritative figures because of lying, which is a direct comparison in the movie because every time that Jonathan E. questions Bartholomew, he tries to dig deeper and deeper and, and find out why the societies run as is. And he appears to be a Richard Nixon Exactly. He looks actually a little bit like him. Yeah, I mean, if he just shook his chin a little bit, spot on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, during the, uh, let's say, like, early to mid-1970s, there was another recession. <laughs> okay, those are fun. Yeah, it's actually one of the biggest ones since World War II. Right, this was this was compounded by the gas crisis. Yes, yes. Um, so you could see that unemployment spiked a little bit, um, and that corporations were a little bit desperate to um, restructure, in a way. Oh, okay. Um, th- this was also at a, at a point in time where we see that the corporations that were developed out of World War II, so things like Sears and uh, other smaller companies, are becoming a lot bigger. They're mm. becoming more prominent within society. Okay. Um, so I think when you look at the film in the comparison, you you can kind of see like people are like comparing these corporations are becoming bigger than what they are today. Okay, so this is sort of leading into the uh, mass consumerism of the 80s. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, from a study done by Sales in 1973, uh, he investigated relationships between societal uh, threats and authoritarianism. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, in low-threat environments, uh, there's low authority. Um, and in high threats, there's like higher norms of authority. Sure, in times of conflict, people look to a demagogue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was mostly looking at, like, do they accept it or are they not against or are they are they for it or are they against it? Okay. And then the high threat societies are actually, it seems like, from what I read, is they're against it. And, they this, don't... and this was like a developing theory back then. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Which sort of is why uh, James Kahn being... The big star is so uh, is the only one who's interested in overthrowing the society. Yeah, because he he doesn't agree with how it's run. He doesn't like that the corporations uh, limit our freedoms in ways that they see fit. It doesn't seem appropriate for the seventies themes of disillusionment and uh, economic downturn. But sure, why not? I'll take a good chair thrown through a window any day, <laughs> or a baseball bat to Jean Reno's face for like five minutes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean. Jesus, man, really? It was a bad move. All right, that's interesting. Uh, anything else? Um, I think that's about it, I would say. Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll give you one more thing about 2005. Sure. Uh, we met then. Holy shit, yeah, we did. Yep, uh, doing street luge, doing unsanctioned street luge. <laughs> yeah, man, I was blasting that horn hard. Uh, is that what they're called? No. I don't know anything about Street Lose. <laughs> you know what? I was probably still watching Rocket Power at the time. <laughs> you just admitted it. Whatever. Yeah. So in Rollerball, and much like the world we live in today, we are told uh, what to do in order to achieve success and have a life that is comfortable. Right. Retire. Yes. Well, in the end goal, that's what we want. Right. Um, uh, that people have to be individualistic to provide uh, for themselves and uh, do things a certain way, like what we're told to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, as anyone that goes outside those lines is doing 
doing it wrong and will be pushed by these unknown forces. So basically apprehended in some way, like, oh, sure. you, shan't do, you can't do it. Um, while at the same time, they should take care of themselves and the people around themselves. So it, it goes from a individualistic to a, like, community sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Um, oh, so by, by, by putting them in these teams, they're sort of saying... Uh, you have to play nice. Yes, exactly. And in, in rollerball, like it, it's a team sport, but at the same time, Jonathan E is breaking out from that. He's becoming the best player. Like he's unstoppable, hmm. which is what reference it right at the end as he's the only player standing. <laughs> Your movie sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think what rollerball also shows is time and time again, people that don't follow the rules that aren't. Um, going to college sometimes or they aren't listening to the authority figures are the ones that sometimes benefit the most hmm. um you see like <laughs> i was about to make a zuckerberg reference but that's probably yeah, not the sp- smartest one too much, yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh yeah maybe he ain't the best comparison but like looking at people like bill gates and something uh or like steve jobs they're people that looked outside the norms and did their own thing it's definitely written bef- by people who are millennials i guess yes very <laughs> much so so, uh, what's on the docket for next episode? Well, uh, sorry guys, but we were supposed to do LA 2017 this one. The Film Institute did not rep- respond to my tweet or direct message. That's sad. Yeah. They are... Well, it's a good movie. They have to protect it. Like at the Disney vault. Well, we're going to find some way, and we're going to make it next week if we have to. Yeah. But if we can't, I got a good one. It's Free Jack. Yep. Uh, do you know anything about Free Jack? I know Emilio Estevez is in it. It is. It, it's, it's got this a pretty is, all-star cast. This is premium Emilio before he became a little overweight. It's also got uh, Anthony Hopkins and Mick Jagger in it. Which is crazy. It is crazy. And it's set in the year 2009 uh, where uh, people are kidnapped from history to serve as empty bodies for aging rich people. Which is crazy. It, it sounds great. I can't wait. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's our sign-off? Man, we're really bad at this. Uh, go ahead, Devin. Give us our signature sign-off for episode four. Episode four. Signature sign-off. Devin Kelly. Thanks for listening today. I'll see you next time. And I'm... Yep. Jet Wong. Free Jack. Free, <laughs> Free Jack. Rated R. Rated R.